0: All right, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Riggo's Rag podcast. Ian Cummings here with Ken Johansson. Uh, we're back after the Redskins' second win of the 2019 season against the Detroit Lions. It was a nail-biter. Uh, 19-16 the final score. Uh, depending on who you ask about the game, you're going to get two different answers. Some people will say the sky is falling. Some people will say that the Redskins are going to win the Super Bowl next year. I mean, I- I'd like to fall somewhere in between those two extremes. Uh, so uh, we're going to Talk about the game a little in detail, go into Dwayne Haskins' performance, talk about some guys who might have stood out, some guys who could have done better, and maybe what it all means in the future. Uh, so that's what we're doing, recapping the Lions game. And if we have time, maybe we'll go over the Redskins' next game in the uh, season. So I've got Ken here. Ken, how are you doing? It's been a while. Ah, It's good to be back with you again. Doing well. I hope you're
1: doing well. Excited to talk about the game, about Haskins, the Panthers game. Let's just say I'm
0: not too optimistic, but you never know. you never one victory do know. can breed, a, breed another victory, and you never know what can happen. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you said the team name because I was really spacing on who they were playing next. So I, I was trying not <laughs> to. I was trying not to show my hand there. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm kind of on the fence for that one because I got Christian McCaffrey on my fantasy team, and I'm playing my twin brother. So I really need to win. Uh, but, well, uh,
1: I can understand that, and good luck with it.
0: Yep, yep, you know, it's a competitive fire. Uh, it just rages on <laughs> in some weeks, so we'll see what happens there. But we're getting ahead well, my phone just went off. I'm sorry, that freaked me out. Okay, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh, let's go back, reel ourselves back to the Lions game. Uh, the Redskins won 19-16. to uh, It was a pretty uneven game. They ultimately came through. I think the biggest story was Dwayne Haskins' performance because it was just so polarizing. You know, on one hand, he mounted the drive that he needed to to give them the win. That third down run up past the 50 was a super clutch play by him to avoid uh, avoid pressure in the pocket. And then later on, got the third down pass to Terry McLaurin on the in-crossing route to set up the game-winning field goal. He, he made the clutch plays he needed to to win. But then if you look at the body of work, overthrow after overthrow after overthrow, he was just not accurate all day. I think he was 13 for 29 on the day. And if he was accurate on a couple of those passes, he would have had two touchdowns and probably like over 250 yards. He left a lot on the table. Ken, what do you think about Haskins' performance, kind of putting it all in context? Because he's a young player, but at the same time, it seems like there's a lot of issues that he needs to iron out from his game.
1: Well, I was encouraged. I realized that uh, there were a lot of mixed reactions to to what he did last Sunday. The bottom line, a, a victory is a victory. It's like the old saying, it doesn't matter whether you win by one point or 50 points. A victory is a victory. Yeah. Like you said, he uh, performed when it was needed. Yes, you want him to hit those two or three passes that could have been touchdowns. But what I saw from Haskins was a step up in leadership on Sunday. I'm not talking about gathering the offensive linemen on the sideline like he did the week before. And I think that was you know a good thing to do, to be honest. But I think what you saw was someone who was uh, much more decisive on Sunday. Yes, the the passes were overthrown. That maybe is a little bit of uh, energy there on his part. But if you notice, when he came up to the line every time, it seemed like he was in total command. He would audible correctly. And he had players open. There were admittedly uh, some passes that were dropped and some that were overthrown, yes. But he had the right coverage diagnosed and he had the right play called. And you saw how open some of the receivers were. And they really had a good day. You can see the confidence from one week to another. Now, I I realize that the next few games coming up are some very, very good teams. But I think what we'll start to see is someone who's coming to the line, was recognizing the defense, will call the audibles, Yes, there will be some plays that won't fully develop, and he'll have his moments. He'll also have some times when it's not a good play. But what I saw on Sunday was a player who had more confidence and was making the right calls at the line.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's a good observation. I mean, people talk about, oh, he missed those throws, but hey, he made the right reads. You know, he was going to the open guys downfield. He was really trying to get those big plays and almost connected. You know, it didn't work out in the end, but to get to those missed throws, you have to make the right reads in the first place. You know, he he wasn't forcing it or anything. It it seemed to come a lot smoother this time around, which I liked. I know Callahan and O'Connell said in previous weeks they were emphasizing the operational aspect of the game for Haskins, you know, getting all that stuff down, the mental stuff so that then he could apply his physical traits to it. So that's good to see that he's starting, things are starting to click faster for him because, you know. That was a big thing coming out of college one year uh, as a starter at Ohio State. You know, it's going to take some time for him to kind of get the pace of the NFL under his belt. I think we're starting to see that. I've seen some people saying, and I I can't really get this, you know, people are saying like, oh, Haskins hasn't shown anything, you know, dealing in absolutes like that. That's just not true. (laughs) You got to look at the full picture. The stats aren't pretty, uh, but uh, he he definitely showed I think a, a more a more fluid mental process, like you said, uh, and he's a smart guy. But it's just gotta it's just gotta slow down for him, and it's starting to. Those overthrows, I think there were some mechanical issues with those. I think once he gets those mechanical issues down, like the elbow tuck uh, is a big one for him, sailing those balls high. Uh, the footwork, you got to have your feet and hips pointing in the right direction. Once he gets that down, he'll be able to channel his arm strength through that and his uh, his modest athleticism he's impressed me there too so he's definitely got the physical traits and uh he's showing mental growth which is really a, a good step in the right direction and hopefully against carolina's defense he'll be able to show more growth and hopefully it'll translate to the stat sheet because i know some people some people oh my god eric my god okay my twin brother is lighting up my phone i'm sorry um but um Hopefully, he'll be able to show more growth and it'll translate to the stat sheet because as much as we want to get people to look at the full picture, some people don't look past that. So it's important that, you know, he does kind of show those flashes in greater quantities and we'll see if he does. Uh, I wanted to ask you also about the uh, selfie gate at the end of the game. I know a lot of people made a big deal out of um, him taking a selfie with a fan uh, when there was two seconds left on the clock after Hopkins made the field goal. Uh, Did you think that was a big deal or... um, were you just kind of like, oh, well, he's young, it's going to happen. There was some confusion. It's not a huge deal. What, What's your take on that? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I saw a poll. It was on social media, media about what the fans thought about it. And it was basically three-quarters uh, of the fans were saying, that's no big deal. But, you know, there's still one quarter, about roughly 25%, they're saying, oh, that's an issue. And I'm a little bit mixed on it. I will say this. that um, was right up close to the TV. And one thing I noticed was the clock went down to zero. And I think he saw that. And I saw it, too. And I thought, I honestly thought the game was over. And he was doing all Then they said, you know, there's one more play. And another thing I remember from the game was, especially in the second half, there seemed to be a problem with the clock. Uh, on one play, uh, the Redskins had third and 17, but they had a running play before that that made it third and eleven. And it came up on the screen as third and 17. Mm -hmm. And the announcer, uh, Kenny Albert, kind of recognized that. And he said it's third down for the Redskins. And and then he had a brief pause. And he said in about 11 yards. And that's what it was. So I think there was some problem with electronics. And I noticed that uh, I think there were a couple times in the second half, the referees had asked the – Um, The clock managers to reset the clock. It was only a few seconds here and there. So I don't know if that was the issue, but I do know I saw Zero, and he's over there taking a selfie. The next thing I saw is uh, Case Keenum had to be out there for one extra play, kneel down, and then the game was officially over. You know, at that point, I'm trying to figure out what the big deal is because the game was decided. Any quarterback on the roster could have gone out there and done a kneel down. That's no problem. There's another part of me that says, yes, there's a little bit of time on the clock remaining, although it did show zero. I remember seeing that distinctly. Um, You still have to be kind of aware of what's going on. And I think it would have been nice if he could have been out there to do the victory formation with his team. But it's not like, you know, the most important thing that occurred on Sunday. I think the more important things we were talking about just a couple of minutes ago about the progression that he's made in the last few weeks, something like taking a selfie with fans, I don't think rate ranks up high there. But I would have liked to have seen uh, him doing that as they're leaving the field well, after the game is over. Yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. uh, Say after you've gone out and, you, and you've shaken the hand of your opponents, you maybe even hug a couple of players that you probably played with in college and things like that. Then go over and take that selfie. That's that's not an issue. I think to do it right at that moment when the game was ending, eh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a problem. That's the only thing. And that may be uh, nitpicking.
0: But yeah, there's a little something to it. Yeah, yeah, like I I didn't think it was a non-story, you know, like you got to make sure that he's aware next time like hey, you got to wait a little bit before you can do that, but at the same time I think you can also understand where he was coming from there. I mean, he's 22 years old, his first win as an NFL starter. You know, you can get a little crazy, you know, you can you can let the excitement get the best of you, especially if you're a passionate player, which we know Haskins is. I remember, not necessarily speaking from experience, but back in My tennis days, you know, I would I would hit like a game winning shot. And, you know, you got to shake your opponent's hand. But I was kind of cheering a little bit beforehand. It's like getting letting the excitement get the best of me. You got to you know, it's hard to reel in your emotions sometimes. And I think that's what happened with Haskins and, you know, running off to the side. Oh, he sees a phone next thing, you know, taking a selfie. And then I think later you saw some clips. He was on the bench and uh, Morgan Moses was giving him a, a bear hug and everything so they were they were they were not short in celebrating uh, for sure but uh, he, he does have to be aware in the future i don't think it was Absolutely. a non story but it, it can be a learning experience you know like hey you got to maintain professionalism there's a time for celebrating and there's a time for seeing this thing out full 60 minutes and i think it'll be important i mean i think Callahan kind of as much as i've dogged on Callahan this year um, for you know his offensive play con and stuff like that i think he handled it pretty well in the press conference, said like, yeah, we'll address that, but at the same time kind of laughing it off, like it's going to happen to a guy who's learning, a guy who's young, so hopefully we'll have more of those moments uh, where he's kind of caught up in his excitement, because that'll mean um, more winning and more growth along the way, Uh, so I, I, yeah, I didn't didn't think there was too much to take from that, Uh, some people want to make character judgments about it like oh he doesn't care about the game you know uh, you know he's he's caught up in the social media life it's like oh man he he, he just got swept up in the excitement because he cares a lot uh, so we just got to make sure that we're channeling that the right way so I was a little concerned about what I saw from Haskins in terms of the inaccuracy but the mental growth I know Mark Bullock did a nice film review piece on it too uh, that he's making the right reads he's going through his progressions the game is slowing down for him now he just needs to apply it to more fluid mechanics and that'll come with more comfort I think because when you're not comfortable you're going to rush some parts of your mechanical process you know maybe you're not going to step into it when you need to maybe uh, your your elbow is going to be a little concave like we've seen with Haskins often but uh, once you can get those ironed out which I think a little more work and more comfort will will do for him, he'll he'll start to kind of uh, transform. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let's move on to something else. we we'll talk about Haskins for a little bit. Going to the defense, I, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to bring this up to you. Let's talk about Fabian Moreau. The guy got two picks, two pass deflections. Easily the best game of his career against the Lions. And this is a guy I think a lot of people were kind of writing off for next season. On his way out, I know pro football focus. Coming into the game, he was like the number 106 corner in the league uh, out of 114. It's not really where you want to be, um, but um, this was easily a career game for him. He's definitely got the athletic traits to be a, a good starter. You know, you look at that, I think four, three, five, forty, thirty-five. 35, no, I think 38-inch vertical. So he's got the explosiveness, the speed, the strength. He's got everything he needs physically. Do you think this is a turning point for Fabian Moreau? Because I know corner is definitely going to be a need for the Redskins next year. They've got their guy in Quentin Dunbar. They can keep him on that island. But Josh Norman, he's not doing it. Uh, they might need someone else in the slot, too. Uh, Moreau, though, they moved him from the slot to the outside to replace Norman, and he played very well. Uh, so do you see this as the start of a movement here, or do you think that uh, ultimately they should kind of divert course? You bring up a good point about uh,
1: moving him to the outside. There were uh, there was a conversation back this summer uh, during training camp, especially in the early days, and I can't remember who all was involved in that conversation on social media, but I brought up a point that he needs to be on the outside. I said if you put him out there, he'll have maybe a rough game or two, but he's gonna pick it up pretty quick could be the starter opposite Josh Norman, is what I said at the time. And that's what I projected. And there are a few people who agree with me, a few people who disagreed with me, and vice versa, I disagreed with them, uh agreed with others about baby in Monroe, but bottom line i said he needs to be on the outside he's not an inside guy he's not a slot corner what happened on sunday proved that i think you, you saw him stay with that number 1 receiver uh, on that first interception and he had the severe position to make that happen that was actually an easy interception for him because he had the position yeah and, and the receiver had good position too but Moreau was just right there. The second interception was not necessarily easier, but I think what we saw is on the outside, that has always been his calling. That's where he needs to be. Hopefully he stays there now. I honestly thought Jimmy Moreland would be better on the inside, but we saw what he did last week. And I know people are complaining about the end of the game where Moreland missed an easy pick six. Yeah. but he was, but, but he was there. Yeah, it's a rookie mistake. And I just chalk it up to being a rookie. Yeah. You know what? The next game that happens, Moreland reels it in and he sprints into the end zone. Yeah. So to me, uh with Moreau is that he was getting back to his natural position on the field. Mm-hmm. And it showed. Now, if Matt Stafford had been starting that game, does he make that throw? Yes he does. But does he lead the receiver a little further? Yeah, you know Matt Stafford, especially with the uh, kind of arm he has. Oh, yeah. He's going to make that throw. I still think Moreau is in on the play and probably knocks it down. Does he make the interception with uh, Matt Stafford making that throw? Probably not. But the bottom line, I still think he makes the play to uh, to break up a pass. Yeah, That's where I am with this. I just don't see it as a so-called coming-out party, even though it was – I just see it as him being at his natural position. Now, there's going to be some tough games coming up. So let's see if he can follow it up. Let's see if he can back up what he did uh, this past Sunday with uh, some games against some very good teams coming up. This is a show-me league. What have you done for me now? Not what have you done for me a few weeks ago or last year or the year before. So last Sunday is over with. It's gone. Now let's see what he does this next few weeks. I'm going to go out on a limb here and predict that he's going to continue to do pretty well. And I think that the concerns that a lot of people had, including yours truly, has now you know helped me to turn the corner and others have turn the corner to say, hey, let's take a look at this guy because maybe we don't need to draft a corner early. Maybe we don't need uh, another corner, you know, in, in free agency. Although I think we will, um, because I think Josh Norman is probably done after the season, yeah. and we, we, I think you know last weekend was the start of that. We'll probably need another good corner, but I think Fabian Moreau has, uh, has started to take a step for becoming uh, an elite corner, and I and I'll go out on a, on a limb and just say that yes, I think he's going to be an elite corner.
0: Yeah and before before people dog on you for that. I mean he's he's definitely got the traits. I mean like I said, you know, for you it's not often that you find a 6 foot corner who has 435 speed. And we saw that on that play uh, on the mm-hmm. right, on the right side. He went stride for stride with I think that was Marvin Jones. I can't remember. Uh, I believe it was Marvin Jones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he went and stride Marvin for stride. Jones. Jones is a pretty good receiver. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is for sure. And he went stride for stride got the interception, you know, played it to perfection, leveraged the whole shebang. You know, it was something I didn't really think about until Moreau came and did this on the outside, his first game on the outside in a long time. There's a lot that goes into the transition to the slot, and some guys just have a better feel for different positions, you know? Like, Moreau played on the outside his whole career at UCLA, now you move him into the slot, there's gonna be different spatial relationships, different route concepts impacting your spot, you know, where you go, where you break in certain situations. A lot more going on. Whereas on the outside, you know, sometimes all you gotta do is on that island, lock down your man, you know, just that in the dogfight, just come out on top. And you know, I think Moreau has the traits to kind of win in that environment. And on like the slot, you know, where sometimes you just gotta be a little quicker, you know, side to side, you know, maybe. Uh, a little smaller, easier to work in space. I don't know, but I definitely think he looked better, more comfortable on the outside. Uh, I'd like to see him in that role, uh, remain in that role for the uh, final five games and kind of as a trial run, uh, see, what, see what we got there, um, but definitely showed something. And I think M- Moreland too, I think he played on the outside in college too. So I know a lot of people are kind of looking at him as, you know, maybe he fits better in the slot. And I was actually saying that before this game too, but now I'm kind of reeling it back and thinking to myself, does he have a feel for it? That's that's the biggest thing. And you said, you know, he had that pick six in his hands, dropped it. So I'd like to see him there too. And I, I can see a realistic, maybe not realistic, but a moderately realistic situation where Dunbar, Moreau, and Moreland are your three starting quarterbacks next year. You know? I, I- see that, but I'm going to toss in another name because a lot of people are talking about there's a chance that the Redskins could sign this particular free agent Mm. in offseason because that particular team is going to be very strapped on their cap. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, (laughs) Yes, Byron Jones of the Cowboys. And yes,
1: he's very, very good. And it's going to be very difficult for the Cowboys to keep him because they'll need to, uh, you know. Hit a long-term contract with DeMarcus Lawrence and with uh, Dad Ruscott. Mm-hmm. And so um, the chances of Byron Jones hitting free agency is pretty good. If the Redskins were able to corral him and then have the three you mentioned, Dunbar, Moreland, and of course, you know, we've been talking about Moreau. If you have those four, that is going to be a very, very good core. Who do you start at that point? Well, I don't think you sit. Byron Jones. I, I still say Moreau is. It could be opposite of him. And then you have Moreau in there in the mix. And I think you play some sort of four defensive back, you know. And I'm not saying that you you have four de- defensive ba- uh, cornerbacks on the field at one time. But I think under passing downs, you take someone out like a Landon Collins. Now, Landon Collins is very suspect in coverage yeah he's very good in road support. one you know probably the best in run support but on the passing downs Landon collins is a bit a little a little bit of a liability though this make you know set a few people off but he is <laughs> and so you have those four corners out there at one time and you have someone like moreland playing a little bit close up to the line covering some of those backs coming out of uh you know, from behind the quarterback or if they're in the slot, my goodness. Moreland, he makes plays. And I think a lot of tight ends and a lot of uh, running backs would have a real problem with uh, someone like Jimmy Moreland covering them. And you have uh, on the outside, you have Byron Jones, Fabian Moreau, and then another slot corner and help me out here.
0: Is he on the team?
1: He's one of the four we were just talking about, oh,
0: Quentin Dunbar. I did look his name. <laughs> but no, you have Dunbar there.
1: Um, they're going, you know, with that group, they could shut down a lot of people. But I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. Byron Jones is still a cowboy. He could still be a cowboy after the coming season. They could somehow, you know, work the books out to keep him. Uh, he could go elsewhere, so
0: yeah, you know, sure. that's just getting way ahead of ourselves. The biggest so. thing for me is like because uh, I you know byron Jones believe me you know you know I'm a guy who loves the athletic testing guys, the guys who test crazy ball and Byron Jones has a 41 inch vertical i'm I'm throwing cash at that already. you got to believe it, but if um you know i'm just I'm thinking to myself why and I know the Redskins love Cowboys players historically you know that's kind of yeah. something they do uh, but I'm just thinking to myself if we've got Dunbar who's one of the top corners in the league this year. And Moreau, who has a lot of potential on the outside with his traits, you know, I'm not sure we need to shell out all that cash for Byron Jones. I don't know. If you're going to stack a position, that's a position you should stack. It, you know, it's one of the most important defensive posi- positions, especially in the modern NFL, where you got to be able to cover guys. You know, pass rush is nice. It's, I think, a little bit more important when you look at it analytically. But you also got to cover guys. and Byron Jones is really good there. He's also versatile. I bet you can move him around if you, if you do it the right way. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't know if you have to necessarily do that, you know, if, if you got some potential elsewhere for sure. Um, yeah, a lot of the intangibles that Fabian Moreau showed last Sunday is very similar to what Byron Jones does.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at, they're both about the same size, I believe. And, they're close. Yeah. Yeah, very close. And um, same speed. Basically, are you know at least very close, and and, and many of the intangibles about the same. The only difference is Byron Jones has obviously been doing this a little longer. he has yeah. been on the outside quite a bit, whereas Moreau, I just felt like he's been uh, misused these last couple of seasons. But hopefully, hopefully that uh, that corner has been turned.
0: Yeah, for uh, sure. And, and one, I had to
1: use that kind of pun, but, you know, the corner has been turned.
0: Oh, my God. That was well, – we should just end the podcast right now. Oh my God, <laughs> that was too cheesy, man. I mean – I unf- didn't realize I said it until I did. <laughs> I know. It, it was like a delayed reaction, almost like I wanted to believe you didn't say it. But then I was like, nope, no, he said it. All right. Well, I mean, unfortunately, we are almost out of time. So real quick, um, well, I'm going to – yeah. Okay, real quick. Real quick, anything else from that game that you we didn't bring up yet that you want to bring up? Maybe Steven Sims, Cole Holcomb. I know a lot of young, a lot of young players showed promise. Um, yeah, well, let's talk about those two specifically
1: for a moment. Steven Sims, um, very dynamic player. Has you know, obviously solidified himself as a good special teams player, but um, is he ready to take on the role of slot receiver? Um, I think the Redskins should start giving him some looks at that particular position. It's uh, they really need to do that. I believe they have someone there who can play the uh, play the slot, uh, but obviously he's a great kick returner. Is he a good punt returner? Probably so, but we he, he has a little bit of fumbleitis problems. We yeah. even saw that on the uh, kick return for a touchdown on Sunday. Hmm. So. Yeah, we maybe need, need to keep an eye on that and hold him back a bit and let Trey Quinn continue to work that angle. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, before we go on, I just want to uh, mention uh, Kelvin Harmon. My goodness. Uh, oh, yeah. The last few weeks, he's really come on. And, and I had my doubts a few weeks ago. But now we're starting to see what, what – uh, what a lot of people! A lot of people thought he was a second or third rounder, and not a sixth rounder. Yeah. So I think starting to think the Redskins did get a steal there. So now who was the other player mentioned?
0: Uh, Cole Holcomb, real quick, because I know he was nominated for NFC Rookie of the Week. I think he had ten tackles and a sack, so he was he was all over the place uh, last week. Yeah.
1: I, uh I think he's going to. Sl- Uh, solidify
0: that middle for many years to come. I hope so. Um, I had
1: him, I remember I scouted him briefly last uh, spring, well, last winter. And um, by the springtime, I was convinced he was pretty much a third rounder and maybe even a second if a a team wanted to reach some. And So I just kind of dismissed him because I said, well, the Redskins won't be looking at inside linebacker Uh, that early and when he dropped to the fourth round I wanted the Redskins to uh, grab him um, when he was there and they didn't, they took a running back and they took a guard both good players that they took so I didn't really have an issue with it and I couldn't believe he made it to the fifth round and I said well someone's going to pick him before the Redskins do and there he was and I I didn't know what the Redskins were going to do at that point, they got him and I was extremely happy but i felt like well he's probably going to have to sit a year because um, you know we had, we had some admittedly some uh, good inside linebackers but one gets injured the first day of uh, of o- OTAs and um, and i said well you know we'll have to see what you know we do in free agency or the draft and sure enough he was there and i think he's going to be a mainstay in the middle for the next decade.
0: I hope so, man. I hope so. It was weird on draft day because I, I had to write up the, the article on him when we picked him. I had never even heard of the guy. Oh, it's so, okay. There you it's, go. It's so weird. Uh, huh? Yeah, when we selected him, I, I
1: felt like we got a third rounder and someone that would play sparingly, sparingly his first year. But by his second year, he would start to have an impact. But again, I've, I do focus on the ACC a little bit because I follow you know one team in particular. Yeah. And I follow Clemson to a certain degree, obviously, because of their success. And so I got to see him, I think, like three or four games. And I was like, yeah, I'm really impressed with this guy. And he's just – he's not – the biggest star in the world. He's just kind of the blue collar type that comes in gets the job done every week and that's the kind, those are the kinds of players that help make championship teams and um, yeah, his future's bright. It really is.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely shown a lot of promise. He's got the athleticism. He's just got to kind of hone it in and hopefully uh, he can, he's already one of the better run stoppers in the league. Just got to put it together uh, in coverage so we'll see what happens there but Showed a lot of promise on Sunday, uh, as did a lot of the young players for the Redskins. Can they carry that over to Carolina next week? I guess we'll find out. Unfortunately, we are out of time, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, Peace out. Have a good night.